Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day with your families, friends, and anyone that you are dear and close to. You know, today is a very somber day. It is a day we remember why we are free as a nation. It is a day that we remember that America's freedom came at, at a very hefty price. A price where men and women have died for this country. And this episode is still going to be about scripture and going to be about biblical things. But I also think it's important, and I'll probably do a, a special today, a Memorial Day special episode. But it is, to me, it's just a very heartbreaking uh, day. And I remember, well, that would be for another day. Another, probably for later this day. But there's a scripture that comes to mind with today. There's two scriptures before we start. And that is Psalms 23 and Psalms 30. All of Psalms 30, but I want to read you Psalms 23 because this is just very important. It states, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me to the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Amen. And amen. I will fear no evil. I want to stop and just kind of talk about that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I watched a movie about Iwo Jima last night. I can only imagine those men getting off the boat. And next thing you know, they're getting mowed down by gunfire, by mortars. And I'm sure that was a shadow of death. And that death was creeping along. And I also imagine the British, that guy that was uh, rode on the horse, saying the British are coming, the British are coming. I'm sure there was a valley when those men and women and George Washington sailed across the Potomac River, how they were terrified. But they did not fear no evil. They were strong. They were not excited, but they were passionate. And they knew that this was going to come at a hefty price. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I'm also going to take a read, and <clears throat> and Psalms 30 is another impactful thing, another impactful chapter. And this is a prayer of boldness. And this kind of correlates with our messages that we've been focusing about last night, or not last night, but yesterday and a couple of days before about being bold in faith, not being afraid to go out and doing something that is right, no matter if it comes at an expensive cost. Verses 1 in, in Psalms 30 states, I will extol you 
O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his. And give thanks at that at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. Amen. And amen. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord. And to the Lord, I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood? When I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. You have turned me, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever and ever. You know, there is a lot to this, uh, those two verses. And one thing that I want to break apart and kind of want to shout out, or not shout out, but there is never a good thing when somebody says, Happy Memorial Day. I Somebody said that to me and I was like, how can anyone say Happy Memorial Day? There's nothing good about being happy on this day. When families have lost their brothers and sisters, when you have the one of this on behalf of the Secretary of Army, and you also have um, a Secretary of Army, the Secretary and two men, two Army soldiers come at your door knocking. And their words, may I come in? There's nothing happy about that. There's nothing happy about men and women that have died for this country. I mean, there's nothing happy about it. And with this in mind, you know, being bold and taking that oath to defend your country from foreign and domestic uh, terrorists and threats. There's nothing happy about that. And I will tell you in that later episode what I went through my journey. And with this in mind, I'm so excited to talk about how during the walk and the circumstances that we are still in, you might be in a different circumstance than I am in. You know, you might be in a different circumstance where your brothers and sisters are at are deployed and are overseas. You might be at a different circumstance. You might be at a different pinnacle point in your road. But the coolest thing is, is that God is with us and God is with you no matter what. And that's where Genesis 45 um, is brings us today. And with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer.
Dearly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. Lord, we are so blessed to have men and women, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, friends, and family members that have died for this nation so that we can be free, that we can be able to live in a free land where we can have freedoms that we don't deserve, but you have given us them, Lord. Lord, I just pray that no matter what happens, you may protect us and guide us as we continue on the journey that you have set before us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So in Genesis 45, verse 1, it states, Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and he wept aloud. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. And a little bit of back of connotation to it is that Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery. He was sold. And he worked so hard in that he became Pharaoh's second-hand man. And they were, of course, in the Egypt. And there was a great plague that came across the land. So then they had to go to Egypt. His brothers had to go to Egypt where Egypt was being prosperous. There were abundance in crops because Joseph knew that they had to be ready for a great plague to come across. So that's where his brothers then went to them. And the whole irony of it is that the brothers didn't think they needed Joseph. That's why they got rid of him. But the cool part is, is that at the end of the day, I can only imagine just being in Joseph's situations, being in his shoes. I can only imagine how I would tell everyone, get out. Let me, being in that situation of seeing my family members that have betrayed me. Seeing my family members that have sold me into slavery. And knowing that I didn't dwell in that, knowing that I worked hard and also knowing that God was merciful and mercy and compassion upon me and seeing my family, knowing that they came in time of need. Now, Joseph could have had multiple, t- multiple uh, avenues to handle this situation when he saw his brother. He could have been bitter. That is the kind of circumstance that he could have chosen. Or he, was, he chose grace and he chose compassion over them. That is what a lot of us need to choose in this day and age. In verse 3, he continues on and says, Then said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my, does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land. And there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing or harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a, pros- a prosperity for you in the earth. And to save your lives by great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh, the Lord of all his houses. 
and a ruler throughout all land of Egypt. Verse 9, Hurry and go up to my father and say to, say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Geshem, and you shall be near to me and you and your children. And your children's children, your flocks and your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. For there are still five years of famine. Verse 12. And behold, your eyes and and the eyes of my brother Benjamin. See that it is my mouth that speaks to you. And so... You shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen. And you shall hurry and bring up and bring my father down here. Verse 14. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after, his, after that, his brothers talked with him. Now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brothers have come. So it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And here is the awesome part through it all. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Say to your brothers, Do this. Load your animals and depart, and go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your households, and come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat the fat of the land. Now you are commanded to do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives. Bring your father and come. Also, do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. You know, the interesting part through it is that this is one of the first few pharaohs in the Bible that showed compassion, that showed love, and that showed the tenderness of what a Heavenly Father has done to us. This was one of the very few. And I find this to be interesting because this was in the time of humbleness, in the time of humility. When we go, when we lose so much, For instance, in that Eight Days of Hope Cup this past week. When we lose so much and there is nothing to our name. And all I can say is that God has showed mercy upon those people. And anyway, we might not see it, but they see it. We were only just a a pinnacle point. We were just only a time that was passing by to rebuild their house. Verse 21, Then the sons of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them carts according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. He gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of garments. And he sent to his father, and he sent to his father these things, 10 donkeys loaded with good things of Egypt, and 10 female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and food, for his father for the journey. So sent so he sent his brothers away and they departed. And he said to them, See that you do not become troubled along the way. 
verse 25. Then they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan, to, the, to Jacob, their father. And they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart stood still, because he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. Then Israel said, it is, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Amen. And amen. And we also read uh, another verse that comes to mind is Deuteronomy 32, 39. And it, it ends with this. Now see that I, even I, am he. And there is no God besides me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Nor there is any who can deliver from my hand. Amen. And amen. And those words, that verse is so heavy unto us. Now see that I am, I, even I am he. That God is God and we're not. We can't make people alive, but we can take people's lives. We can't heal them without God by any means. You look at cancer and you look at these weird diseases that more and more people are having. It's not medicines that heal them. It is God. It is God that heals people because God gives people an opportunity. God gives them a different perspective of life. God gives them life and thrives so they can go out into the world. Now, the question I have for you is, through everything that we read in, through the start of the journey, what circumstances are you going through? Are you going through the shadow of death, per se? Are you, going, are you in that valley where you're one of your spouse, your you're one of your child, one of your brothers and sisters has cancer? Or maybe your brother or sister or your parents have passed away and you feel like you're hopeless. You feel like there's no good way out. You feel like that you've lost a, a part of you. Those are tough circumstances to be in. Now, I definitely can tell you, I've really never lost a sister. Not yet. Well, hopefully I've never lost a sister. But I've lost grandparents. And I've lost dear friends. But there is, each passing is different. Each passing of a friend is different. But losing a grandparent is very tough because questions go arise, especially if you do not know who God is. I've walked along people that have lost their mom and dad. I've walked a long journey. That journey is tough on the individual. You wonder, how has God brought me to this point? Or why did God allow me to go alongside with my parents that is maybe suffering cancer or that has had COVID. How is it that I'm so along with the journey? Things just don't add up right. Well, the awesome part is, is that God is with you. Like God was with Joseph. God was with Moses. And he is sovereign at the end of the day. 
And like before, he is the ultimate redeemer, no matter what happens. And that's why I kind of recite back to Deuteronomy 32.39. And I recite this, and and I just want to repeat it again. See now that I, even, I am he. And there is no God besides me. That there is no God, that the only God that there is, is only our Lord and Savior. The one that who died on the cross, one that sent his son to die on the cross for us. Nobody else but you. Now he died for the whole world so that we can get closer with God. So that we can build that intimate relationship and we don't have to have sacraments or even sacrifices. I kill and I make alive. God decides when you go home. God decides when he brings others others to cross the finish line. We don't decide that. God does. And God also decides when people give birth or when uh, there is time of birth and time of celebration of life. And it's interesting because I wound and I heal. While God may wound somebody he might wound somebody for a purpose because whether for you live in a fast-paced life, sometimes you needed to be wounded in order to get maybe a point across. You needed to be wounded to maybe, per se, uh, impact or touch somebody's heart or to kind of get back with reality, to get you back on the path that God has set for you. And that's where he also states, I heal. I heal your broken hearts. I heal the addiction that you're going through. I heal that. and that, Or I heal in my life. I heal the anxieties that you face on a daily basis. Or that worrisome. I heal that. It's not the doctors that heal it. It's I, the Lord. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. No one else can deliver anything besides God. And that's why I absolutely love today. And I hope you guys enjoyed that opening scriptures, those two scriptures, before we went on to uh, Genesis 45. And with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, we pray that you are a sovereign God. We thank you that you show us love. We thank you that you show us mercy. You're tenderhearted, Lord. I pray that no matter what happens, Lord, that you just are, um, that you walk alongside with us. You show us your mercy, your compassion. You show us the empathy that we all long for. Lord, because you are an awesome God. You are the ultimate creator, oh Lord. I am a, I'm a broken person, Lord. We are all broken in some sort of way. I absolutely loved what you said in Deuteronomy 32.9. I wound and I heal. While we are wounded by maybe our own mistakes, Lord, I pray that you also heal our mistakes that we've made. I pray that you heal our addictions that we're going through. I pray that you can heal our anxieties, depressions, fears, and, and worrisome that keeps us up all night. I pray that you heal those. Lord, may you guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have set before us. So that when you cross that finish on, Lord, we can run into your arms. And we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, I hope you guys 
Have a blessed day. And remember what today is. Today is a day that we remember those men and women that have died for this country so that you and I can be free. Remember, God loves you, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.